Welcome back, welcome back. I am pumped after doing that episode. I was not expecting to feel all that um, emotion and energy there on that one. Um, when I think about it, in fact, we're going to do Psalm 90. Welcome back, Aaron. How you doing, man? Uh, I'm gonna, that's what I'm going to read, Psalm 90 again in the uh, New Living Translation. Because when I think about my own sins... And the sins of my parents, and this is my whole family. I was telling my brother the other day. I was like, I'm I'm, I'm talking about Leviticus twenty twenty six. So those of y'all don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, go back and listen to the episode on Leviticus twenty six. Um, like we come the Yancey family. We come from a long line, not just on the Yancey, but also on my grandpa's side. The persons. Uh, my grand great grandfather David Person. I come from a family of pastors, and um, and I I can see there's like a scheme of the enemy that wants to thwart, and I can see all the little booby traps he set along the the, the way because we there's such a great call in our life, on our family, that family name, uh, that namesake family, Yancey family. And I just, I'm, I've just got, I get angry sometimes, but it's becoming more of a righteous anger because it was kind of depressing me. I was even listening to this, um, that Bobby Kumari uh, YouTube. If you haven't had a chance, check it out. I've only listened to the first one and I've listened to parts of the second session, but I couldn't even finish the second session because as she was talking, it was just bringing back all these memories and it was also like making me just angry like how I was easily how deceived I was by the enemy and just believing what the things that I was doing was okay specifically in the area of sexual sin when it came to like looking at pornography consistently and um just saying I was sorry and sorry over again but never had any true intentions to change in that area um and everyone has different thoughts and views on it at the end of the day it's like in my opinion pornography is lust and it's um against the will of god so we're supposed to fight and resist every night i have a temptation to go back into it or to masturbate and i don't know how to masturbate without looking at pornography it's like a uh pandora's box even when i've tried to do the soft stuff like the the audio stuff or the 
you name it, just listening to people's voices or like I'm not gonna give a girl hard detail, but even with trying to just do it with just music, <laughs> my brain can't I can't do it without like lusting after some woman that I know, right? So um it's a slippery slope. And I don't know I didn't mean to go down there. That's just for me one of my biggest has been one of my biggest challenges since I was a young boy. Um, but just knowing how that open door to the enemy caused so much pain and hurt in my life. And you gotta, you gotta, you gotta get angry. You gotta fight back a righteous anger and begin to pray that God would break the chains and say, Hey, it may have gotten me. It may have, you know, trapped me, but I'm free now. The chains have been broken. I've been set free. Even if you're still nightly going back to that stuff. There was times where I was, I would pray before I would look at porn. I'm serious. I would pray before I would look at it and uh, be like, God, I don't want to do this. You know what I'm dealing with this and still go and do it. And times I would stop halfway in between. But uh, yeah, keep praying, keep praying, keep trusting God, get other people, other men that you can talk to and talk about this stuff. And a lot of the problem you'll find out is probably has nothing to do with the lust. It's more to do with just like other things that are going on in your life. But the main thing I'm trying to say is like, we got to go to war and say the buck stops here that I'm going to, it stops in my generation. We got to be like the Elijah's and the Elisha's of our generation. Um, so here we go. All right, this is Psalm 90, verse 12, and I'm going to pray, and then we'll get right into Leviticus 27. It says, O Lord, come back to us. How long will you delay? Take pity on your servants. Satisfy us each morning with your unfailing love, so we may sing for joy to the end of our lives. Give us gladness in proportion to our former misery. That's the line. Yes, Lord, give us gladness in proportion to to our former misery God and my misery is great I haven't called Missouri here misery because a lot of times it's a source of a lot of my misery because I have a lot of painful memories here I have a lot of great memories God but Lord let's pray Lord that you will give us gladness God give us gladness Lord despite our misery God replace it God replace every bad thought every um area of sadness every area of brokenness brokenness lord replace it with joy and peace replace the evil years with good god all the evil years all the years where i opened the door to the enemy god and just let them just run like rampant havoc in my life lord i pray that you will replace those evil years with the good ones lord with good ones pray that our latter years will be greater than our former years this is my prayer for my father so my prayer for my family my brother my mom and anyone listening specifically for me god pray that you replace those evil years those years that was stolen those years that uh locusts came in and just destroyed all of my fruit lord all of the harvest lord in my life lord where the abundance that was in my life the destiny lord where you tried to trip me up god or i, I allowed him in lord and disobeyed you, God. I pray in the name of Jesus so you'll restore the evil years with good. And lastly, Lord, let us, your servants, see your see you work again. Yes, God. Let our children see your glory. And may the Lord our God show us his approval. 
and make our efforts successful. Yes, Lord, make our efforts successful. Yes, make our efforts successful in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for those that listen to that. Pray that blessing over them. That just like Tasha Cobb said, Lord, there will be an overflow. Fill us up, Lord, till we overflow. Because we can't be your hands and feet, God, until we are healed, till we are restored. And we are filled with your light, Lord. That our cups are cleansed. We know that our cups are already cleansed. And that we can fill, we can pour out all the dirt, Lord. Pour out all the the um, the trash, the, the, the bad sediments that we've allowed in, God. Pray that we would protect our eye gates, we would protect our ear gates, Lord. And you would begin to cleanse us, Lord. We know that we're already cleansed in Jesus' name, that we're seated at the right hand of the Father, that we will be reminded of our nature, our true nature, and we'll walk it out, Lord, and that, um, yes, God, that that will overflow into other people, Lord, so that we wouldn't cause toxic relationships or toxic friendships or toxic marriages or toxic whatever, God, but it will be a, uh, we will be sources of life. We'll be uh, wells of living water, God. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. All right, Leviticus. 20 that's a that's a good specifically the new living translation i i encourage y'all if i can even put that one on my whiteboard i encourage y'all for the rest of 2021 that's a good memory verse verses uh 15 yeah psalm 90 verses 15 through 17. i'm gonna say it one more time give us gladness gladness in proportion to our former misery Replace the evil years with good. Let us, your servants, see you work again. Let our children see you see your glory. And may the Lord our God show us his approval and make our efforts successful. Like, you know it's good. You know it's important when they say it twice. He says, yes, make our efforts successful. In Jesus' name. Oh, this is a prayer of Moses. I didn't realize that Moses wrote that. He wrote Psalms 90 through 106. All right, here we go. I've already gone 10 minutes <laughs> that introduction. All right. Uh, but at least this chapter is a little bit shorter. This is the last chapter. Hey, we are done with, uh, we are done with Leviticus 27. We are done with Leviticus 27. I mean, we're going to be done after this. We're going to be done with the whole book of Leviticus. Sorry, I daydreamed for a minute. I had like a bunch of thoughts go in my head as I was saying that. I space out sometimes in the middle of conversation. Um, bring her back. Yes, we are officially done with Leviticus 27 after this. So here we go. Funding the sanctuary, or I like to call this the building fund. If I don't write that in here, the building fund. The reason why I called it that is because uh, everybody knows, especially, it's not just, I don't know. I don't know, it would be a fun question if this is, uh, I don't know, I'm not gonna say that. <laughs> All right, I'm just gonna say this. A lot of churches out here of various colors, it's not just a black church, not just a white church thing, all churches, there's a lot, I know I know a lot of white churches that still got a building fund, but it's like a running joke, especially in, and there's no black church, no white church, all the churches, you know, but churches that have predominantly our colored people in it, I, it's like a running joke that there's always this building fund 
And the building fund has been going on since some of us were babies at that church. Like church still ain't paid off. Um, and uh, it's kind of sad. It is sad. It shouldn't be that way. But um, it's funny. The church I go to right now, they used to post in their little bulletin like how much the mortgage was and how the deficit and like the whole budget and like what the deficit was. Anyway, um, yeah, that's why I call this a building fund. So we're going to talk about funding of the sanctuary. The Lord spoke to Moses, speak to the Israelites and tell them when someone makes a special vow to the Lord that involves the assessment of people. If the assessment concerns a male from 26 years old, excuse me, I was nasty. My bad. Had a burp. <clears throat> if the assessment concerns a male from 26 years old, your assessment is 50 silver shekels. 50 silver shekels measured by the sanctuary by the standard sanctuary shekel. If the person is a female, your assessment is 30 shekels. If the person is from 5 to 20, 20 years old, your assessment for a male is 20 shekels and for a female, 10 shekels. If the person is from 1 month to 5 years old, your assessment for a male is 5 silver shekels. And for a female, your assessment is 3 shekels of silver. I don't know why these numbers. If the person is 60 years or more, your assessment is 15 shekels. See if we notice any patterns here. The women had to pay more, and the younger folks had to pay more. The younger you are, the more you pay. Women look like they had to pay. I, I don't know. I gotta look at. We'll we'll go deeper here in a little bit if if necessary. I'm not gonna go that deep yet. All right, verse eight. But if one is too poor to pay the assessment, always makes a provision. I really want to write a whole book that's called but and it's like go through all the butts in the bible and just talk about them and just how beautiful the butts are beautiful butts in the bible because it's beautiful to me because god always makes provisions i love butts and therefores are usually good he is to present the person before the priest and the priest will set a value for him the priest will set a value for him according to what the one making the vow can afford so this is different. This is like different than your tithes. Hmm. If the vow involves uh, one, I know like a lot of churches have, they do pledges. Like when they're about to build a new uh, building or add on to a wing to the church, they'll do like a pledge and people will come forth and make pledges to say they'll give so much every month. If the vow involves one of the animals that may be brought as an offering to the Lord, any of these he gives to the Lord will be holy. He may not replace it or make a substitution for it, either good for bad or bad for good. But if he does substitute one animal for another, both that animal and its substitute will be holy. If the vow involves any of the unclean animals that may not be brought as an offering to the Lord, the animal must be presented before the priest. The priest will set its value, whether high or low. The price will be set as the priest makes the assessment for you. If the one who brought it decides to redeem it, he must add a fifth to the assessed value. Hmm. So once again, it's a little bit over my head. And yeah, some of this stuff, I'm not going to go that deep because this episode will be super long. 
When a man consecrates his house as holy to the Lord, the priest will assess, assess its value, whether high or low. The price will stand just as the priest assesses it. But if the one who consecrated it, and one who consecrated his house redeems it, he must add a fifth to the assessed value and it will be his. So when he's saying consecrate his house, as holy to the Lord, the priest will assess his value. Um, maybe Tony can shed some light on this. I don't. I, I need to make a note on this. I need to read specifically. I need to see some commentary on Leviticus twenty-seven sixteen. What do you mean by consecrate? We've seen that word consecrate used when it related to like ourselves consecrating our bodies basically um a devotion a time of just like setting ourselves apart for the lord and in prayer and fasting and but i don't know i'm not i'll get to see that related to like property in a house so and what exactly that mean there i need more i need more uh, i need to read some like other versions of that scripture other translations or uh yeah if a man consecrates to the Lord, verse 16, if a man consecrates to the Lord any part of a field that he possesses, your assessment of value will be proportional to the seed needed to sow it. At the rate of 50 silver shekels for every five bushels of barley seed. If he consecrates his field during the year of Jubilee, the price will stand according to your assessment. But if he consecrates his field after the Jubilee, the priest will calculate the price for him in proportion to the years left until the next year of Jubilee so that your assessment will be reduced. If the one who consecrated the field decides to redeem it, he must add a fifth to the assessed value and the field will transfer back to him. But if he does not redeem the field or if he has sold it to another man, it is no longer redeemable. 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 When the field is released in the Jubilee, it will be holy to the Lord like a field permanently set apart. It becomes the priest's property. If a person consecrates to the Lord a field he has purchased that is not part of his inherited land holding, then the priest will calculate for him the amount of the assessment up to the year of Jubilee, and the person will pay the assessed value on the day as on that day as a holy offering to the Lord. Verse twenty four In the year of Jubilee the field will return to the one he he bought it from, the original owner. All your assessed values will be measured by the standard sanctuary shekel. 20 geras to the shekel verse 26 but no one can consecrate a firstborn of the livestock whether an animal from the herd or a flock or to the lord because a firstborn already belongs to the lord if it is if it, it is one of the unclean livestock it can be ransomed according to your assessment by assessment by adding a fifth of its value to it if it is not redeemed it can be sold according to your assessment Verse 28, nothing that a man permanently sets apart to the Lord from all he owns, whether a person, an animal, or his inherited land holding can be sold or redeemed. Everything set apart is especially holy to the Lord. No person who has been set apart for destruction is to be ransomed. He must be put to death. I got a big question mark right there. I'm actually add another one because if I add it to my list, what is he talking about? Person who's been set apart for destruction. I guess he's talking about like that one dude earlier who had to be taken outside of the camp and stoned 
29. Every tenth of the land, every tenth of the land's produce, grain from the soil or fruit from the trees belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. If a man decides to redeem any part of this tenth, he must add a fifth to its value. Every tenth animal from the herd or flock which passes under the shepherd's rod will be holy to the Lord. Hmm. He is not to inspect whether it is good or bad, and he is not to make a substitution for it. But it but if he does make a substitution, both the animal and its substitute will be holy. They cannot be redeemed. These are the commands the Lord gave Moses for the Israelites on Mount Sinai. Let's see if Interesting. They had to pass under the passes under the shepherd's rod. Every tenth animal from the herd or flock which passes under the shepherd's rod will be holy to the Lord. It, I know there's something significant. I'll look that up too. Verse twenty-seven, chapter twenty-seven, verse thirty. Too. What's the significance of that? All right, let's read these notes and close out with prayer. It says, and uh, the Tony Evans note says, it makes sense that a book which began with the sacrifices the Israelites were obliged to make would conclude with offerings and vows that they were under no obligation to make. I'm read that again. It makes sense that a book which began with the sacrifices the Israelites were obliged to make would conclude with offerings and vows that they were under no obligation to make, but which God took just as seriously. So it's like God is saying, you don't have to do this, but you might want to do this because there's a special blessing. It's kind of like, yeah, they used to say a lot at the different churches I went to, how um, people would say just when they would do these the church would do like a pledge to raise money for something like whatever it was they're trying to raise money for whether it's a yeah the building to pay off a, the mortgage of the church or to build a new church or to add on to the church specifically that and people had all these testimonies of god doing these miraculous things in their life uh i've never experienced that um i don't think i've ever done a building pledge actually Kind of at the most, I've just tithed and done offering, but never done like an actual pledge like that, as far as I remember. I don't know if my parents have done one either. I should ask them if they ever did one of those. But, um, yeah, God is like, there's a special blessing in store when you for this. You don't have to do it, but you might want to do it. Wink, wink. The first category of vows included dedicating a person to the Lord in some special way. These ways are not spelled out, but we have an example later in scripture of what one might involve. We find it in the story of Hannah, who dedicated her yet-to-be-conceived son, Samuel, to the Lord. Is that the question I had? Nah. Okay. Yeah. Later on, I'm going to read about Samuel. Yeah, I will, it says, yeah. She said... Yeah, Hannah, one of my favorite stories, favorite people in the Bible, Hannah, she dedicated her yet to be conceived son Samuel to the Lord. And that was after she 
waited years. I can't remember how many years it was she waited before she was, because she was, her, her womb was barren. She wasn't able to have a child. And she got her um, husband's other, what was she considered? Like, well, yeah, it was other wife, his other concubine. Anyway, Panina was all up in her ear and her grill making fun of her to the point where, yeah, Hannah was crying and up in the, uh, up in the, uh, in the, in the temple, just bawling her eyes out, crying to the Lord so bad that, um, what's his name? Was it Levi? One of the priests, I always forget the name of the priest that was there. He, he thought she was drunk. That's how much she was crying out to the Lord. And yeah, eventually God gave her a son and she immediately dedicated him to the Lord in service to the, uh, to work. Yes. Yeah. Here we go. It says, and it says verse. Yeah. That's from first Samuel one eleven. She said, I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. She promised. She wished to keep the child upon his birth. Had she wished to keep the child upon his birth, she would have been required to pay a price to the tabernacle that was equivalent to the boy's value. The price to release a man in the prime of his productive years from a vow was 50 silver shekels, a high priest, a high price that presented that many months wages. Hmm. How much is another question? How much was 50 silver shekels? How much would that be in today's wages? 50 in today's money. 50 silver shekels in today's money. I'm going to try to look all this up and hopefully have the answers for y'all when I come back on before we do numbers. Numbers we might have to break up because it's 54 verses. But it reads fast because it's just like a lot of genealogy it looks like about the tribes of Israel. But we also have to do the introduction. So anyway. In today's money, I'll look that up. Vows were vows were voluntary, but tithes were required. Every tenth of the land's produce belongs to the Lord. It is, it is holy. God expected His people to return to Him a portion of what He already owned and had graciously lent to them. When we approach giving with the mindset that everything belongs to God. We realize what a blessing it is that he allows us to give these resources back to him to be used for his glorious purposes. Not only did the tithe feed the priests, but it also it was also a reminder to the Israelites and to us today that even though we might earn our salaries by the sweat of our brows, we are not the originators of our blessings. You may say to yourself, my power and my own ability have gained this wealth for me. But remember that the Lord your God gives you the power to gain wealth. That's Deuteronomy 8, 17 through 8, chapter 8, verses 17 through 18. Thank you, Father. Thank you for this word. As I'm reading it, I've been convicted on some things, some areas where I need to change and just change my heart attitude about and just open up my hands, Lord, and have more faith, uh, Lord, that you will come through, that you uh, you made us to be the head, not the tail, above and not beneath, and to be lenders and not borrowers. And part of why so many of us are tails and we're beneath, or acting as though we're 
are experiencing that in the natural realm and borrowers and not lenders is because of our um, lack of faith and our lack of uh, trusting you with the first fruits of our tithes and when you prompted on our heart prompted our hearts to consecrate our bodies our minds are the best of our time the best of our energy the best of our abilities everything just everything given over to you and watch what you do with it trust that you will multiply it um i just pray god that we would all just be better stewards of not just our money but our time our talent our treasures and lastly lord for those that don't know you that have never accepted your son jesus into their heart i pray that they would humbly come before you god as a child lord with childlike faith and ask your son jesus into their heart so that they can have a right relationship with you god and be restored renewed and know that they're redeemed and spend eternity with you in heaven in jesus mighty name i pray amen all right we're done with the viticus we did it lo yusimos i'll be back for numbers chapter one and try to get some of these answers questions these answers and then i think i'm done after this because that's already two episodes in one day but i'm pushing it by going by three but i'm so excited i really want to go ahead and do kick off numbers just get that started jump started and then uh yeah get these all loaded up onto the podcast and then just oh man i got this pile of papers on my floor right now i'm so proud of myself the other day i'm just rambling real quick i've had these clothes that were just kind of shoved into my closet and on this shelf that i have that sometimes i like to just toss my laundry on there because i don't like really folding clothes i it's one of my least favorite activities outside of cleaning the bathroom and folding clothes. Yeah, folding clothes and cleaning the bathroom. And yeah, scrubbing the bathtub. They're kind of like both up here and as far as things I don't like to do. So anyway, finally, went through those clothes, donated some of the clothes that I've been meaning to donate for a while, cleaned up, folded everything, put it where it's supposed to be, hung up stuff where it's supposed to be. Now I just have this pile of papers that have been shoved into drawers I don't know if anybody can relate to this, but yeah, I, I'm i kind of good at just like I, I, I keeping things top cleaned. But when it comes to like thoroughly cleaning, I'm, I have a habit of just like shoving papers into drawers. And now I need to go through with my little scanner app and scan anything that's important and just throw anything that's not important away. So, all right, y'all. Thanks for listening. I'll be back for numbers one. I know somebody related to what I just said, so it wasn't just wasted breath. What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. Everything to God in prayer Oh, what peace we often forfeit Oh, what needless pain we bear
Jesus, we do not carry everything to God in prayer. And have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? But we should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful who will all our sorrows share? Well, Jesus knows our every Lord in prayer.